The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, Small Steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome to this podcast, the Approaching the Natural podcast. Not the natural podcast, not living 100% natural podcast, but Approaching the Natural podcast. Yeah, I could end it right there. I could end it right there, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. This is episode number 208. If you're just joining me, you got to buckle your seatbelt so you can't, so you can, you, you got to prevent yourself from getting up out of the chair. You have got to right now prevent yourself because otherwise you're going to hop out and be like, you know, he didn't hook me in the first 30 seconds of this pop song. I got to, I got to, so stick with me. This is a deeper conversation every week that I bring here, sometimes with people, mostly without, just me. Perspectives, ideas, conversations around how to eke out the life you, you want to live and to become more you in the process. Yeah, you heard it here first. Not to become a different person, no transformation other than... Shedding away some of the stuff we think we think about ourselves uh, and getting down to the nitty-gritty of, of really what we think about ourselves. Weird, right? Yeah, there's, it's a, we're a complicated species. There's no doubt. We hear voices in our heads that sound exactly like us, that tell us all these negative things about us and all the things we can't do and how crappy we are at certain things. And all of a sudden, through small stepping, this is what I talk about every week for 208 weeks in a row, we start to realize... Over time, wait, that that has not been me. That's not me and has not been me. Man, I wish I had known this sooner, but okay, because I got a whole life ahead of me. So that's what it is. So I start recognizing that doesn't, that's not me. You guys, if you're just joining me, you will hear lots. If you go back and listen to old episodes, lots about the me, not me game, um, which I just got another email today. Regard, it's just been such a cool thing for people that that has been one of the pivotal parts of my message is the me, not me game. That game where you, instead of beating yourself up or, or, or taking those negative uh, thoughts, mind chatter to, to heart, into the depths of our soul and go, yes, that's what defines me. This voice in my head that says I suck. Uh, we realize, well, that's not who I am. That literally is not me. I don't know where that came from. Don't know. Don't care. If I do care, I'll go to a psychotherapist and find out. But in the meantime, in realizing that that's not me, I then quickly at the same time realize what is me and move on with that person at my side uh, instead of just give, giving all the power to this whatever voices that keep us. And, and on a very survivalist bent, the voices that keep us from doing things, they're not, it's not exactly like they're trying to tank us. They're, it's, a, it's a protective measure. We are a uh, finding of low-stress species. We're wired that way. So doesn't it make perfect sense that when you want to write a book, that there's a voice in you that says, oh, don't do that. You're not a writer. You can't do that. That's crazy, writing a novel. At your age, that's insane. And we go, oh, well, thank God, because that would have been a whole world of stress. I mean, first we had to, would have figured out how to how to write the damn thing. Then if we did write it, we'd have to put it out or get it out there if we did. And then that's kind of scary because people are going to comment on it more more now than ever before in the history of the world. Everybody has a voice now. It's called commenting on YouTube and Amazon. And we got to put our asses on the line in that way. Doesn't it make sense that we have this voice that says, don't put yourself through that. And yet, as we get to know who we are, we realize we are, like I said last week, we have this force in us that is above all of that and says, thank you for, for the desire to protect me. I got it, but I, and thank you, but I got this. Uh, 
And I know that there's going to be things that come in and they may affect me, but they're not going to they're going to affect me for for moments, but they're not going to dictate my actions. I'm going to put the book out. And I know that they're, I'm going to get some comments and nutty nut nuts out there in a bad way. And I got to stop using nutty nut nut in a negative way because the inception of nutty nut nut, for the record, is a positive nutty nut nut. So let's just say the negative commenters on YouTube are nutty nuts. But they don't get that second nut because the second nut is us. We're the nutty, the good nutty nut nut. That's why I sell the t-shirt. That's the nutty nut nut t-shirt. That's not to be a bad nutty nut nut. That's the best nutty nut nut. So I got to be careful. I got to watch my words. I get it. But we realize that if we put that book out and the nutty nuts say those things that, that it feels weird, bad in the moment and we go, yeah, but I knew this was coming. I knew that I knew the territory. I knew what I was putting myself into, and I quickly weighed that in the beginning against how great it would feel to accomplish this thing and put it into the world. That thing won. I went ahead with it, regardless of my fear of the other things that I knew were coming. And that is the daily battle, and almost, if not daily, like every hour for crying out loud, that we as humans in the modern world go through. We have this, at the, at the base of our design, this protect us from fear, protect us from things that are dangerous uh, mechanism in us. And we are battling that out because the things that are so-called dangerous in the world really aren't that dangerous. We're not up against lions and famine. We are putting a book out. It's not really that dangerous, but in the context of the world that we live in now, it's scary as heck. And, and, and I don't mean to, you know, curse. I'm just, I don't want to do cuss words like heck, but I'm just saying, I got to get my point across sometimes, right? Speaking of uh, getting my point across, it's a hot box in my podcast studio right now. Hot box. I am in bare feet. I look like Huck Finn over here. And here's what I'm drinking. Listen to this. You hear that? Ice water. 208 episodes. Not one time have I ever had ice water. And I don't know what happened. I was walking in. I was like, should I have coffee? Should I have a beer? Should I have a little mushroom tea? Should I have, you know, whatever? And I this this vision, it must have been extraterrestrial because it was like ice water. That sounds amazing. And it does, and it tastes great. I'm like loving it. Mm, watch. Mm. I just said watch on a podcast. That's the kind of professionalism you can come to expect in the Approach to the Natural podcast. 208 episodes in, and I just said, you guys watch this because I still haven't quite nailed down the technology here. I still think you guys can see me. I am losing my mind, but that's okay because I'm having fun in the process, and that's kind of where it comes down to. So what do I do here if you're just joining me? I do talk about the the chase of, of finding ourselves, uh, of, of eking out a healthier, happier existence in the modern world without having to, to leave it, without having to say, I got to check out and go live in the Himalayas to find enlightenment. It is living... Uh, an enlightened, uh, engaged existence here now with family, with friends, with jobs, with this. How do we do this without checking out? Uh, the value, in my opinion, is the, the relationships that we have with each other, with human beings. And, and more now am I realizing, and I, I think this is the kind of a, I'm sensing a trend, and I could be wrong about this 100%, but in a way, I'm sensing a, a, the backlash of the social media revolution of just the Facebook craziness and Twitter. And I'm finding, I'm hearing rumblings and maybe it's just because of the world that I'm in of being, doing what I do with the, my practice and books and this podcast and my YouTube channel, but rumblings of, okay, the, enough is enough. Like we'll do those things a little bit, but man, they have not proven their metal. We, we, we wanted to see what this is like. It's a, it's a failed model if we're going to it for, 
for the same value of, of socializing. If we want to get that value from Facebook, it ain't going to happen. And we now we know. Now we know. Now we know there's one place to get it, which is in actual physical interaction. And those things are fine as stopgap measures, or maybe it's the best we got going for a while, but they're no substitute. And much in the same way that that people who come to to me or to smallsteppers.com, after having been on these diets, it's like we know now, like we, when we when each of us gets to that point, that is, where we finally go, I got it now. Like I understand the diets they're not where it's at i thought they were and it's fine and i tested them out and i'm glad i did because now i know and i'm not looking over my shoulder going well maybe that now i know it's just not happening and so now i'm gonna do this in a different way i'm gonna do it in the way that that is the actual simple kind of model and i don't really need to overthink it good 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 idea facebook and cool things but let's use them what they're use them for what they are good for but not think that they're going to be something that they're not Dig, is that fair? I'm not anti-technology. I'm not even anti-junk food. I'm not anti-having a beer. I'm anti uh, these things, salt being being long-lasting solutions because I don't think that they are. I think they're part of, can be a part of a joyful life. I mean, I love connecting with people on Facebook all of a sudden and people I've, I haven't seen in years or new people and you have these interactions and they're across the world sometimes and that's I, an, an incredible. But again, I want our minds to be in the right place, which is to say that yeah, that's good for what that is. But that doesn't mean I have to be on Facebook eight hours a day and not spend time with, oh, I don't know, my children that are here with me here because that's where the better value lies. And so it's just ethic again. If you're just joining me, this is an ethical stance I'm taking. I'm saying the ethic of self-care is in its true fashion is a deeper existence, is a, a deeper thinking. It is not a poster, it's not a motto, it's not a tagline, it's not a quick fix. It is thought-based, it is energy-based, it is engagement-based, it is struggle-based, and it is certainly discomfort-based. And thank goodness it is. And that's what I talk about over here. And I wanna, you know, and sometimes I sort of place this podcast in context because it is such a weird, unconventional podcast. And, and I, in my book, that's just now coming out, like in a couple weeks, more on that in a second, but it's very unconventional and, it, it, unconventional and it does make me a little nervous because I want to make sure that people understand what there's a publicist working on it. So I just hope that they are marketing it in the right ways so that people understand really what it is. Um, it's unconventional and so is this podcast. And so what I was thinking is, you know, this is not a substitution, this podcast for, for podcasts on diet. There's, you know, the paleo podcast and I'm vegan podcasts. I don't listen to them neither, but I'm sure they're out there. Thousands of them. There's a weight loss podcast. Of course, there's fitness podcasts. There's optimal living podcasts. There's a let athleticism in general podcast. I mean, thousands. And, and I, I guess how I fashion myself is I'm the guy in the corner going, yeah, those are all great. And, and I listen to some of those in some of the areas, but behind all of those podcasts and the people who listen to them, is the desire for a happy, joyful life, a, a meaningful life. And that's what I want to bring to the table, which is if you're listening to a weight loss podcast, it's because you want to live a happier life. If you want to get more fit, it's because you want to live a happier life. This, this I believe to be true. We are looking for it to, to do better in our lives. It feels good. Like I said last week with the force, it feels right to achieve and to and to, to be fit in our bodies and minds, to be strong in our bodies and minds, it feels really good. And I'm saying, I'm the guy going, don't forget, 
Because if you just listen to the weight loss podcast, that's not going to deliver you happiness because you're going to be too hyper focused on weight loss and late weight loss and not hyper focused enough on the entirety of your life. The reminder, I am the reminder of the why before the how to. Or, or even alongside the how-to. The how-tos, of course. And sometimes I get into those, but I gotta be honest, like not as much. I really don't talk about food that much for a reason, even though I'm a certified freaking nutritionist. But for a reason, because I wanna be the why and then ha- have other people be the how-to. Because if you do the how-to without the why, if you're just about the how-to, how to get the six-pack abs, how to get the the weight, the scale weight, and you're just how-to, 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 you are ill-equipped in general in most, overwhelmingly most cases, you are ill-equipped to stick with the how-to long enough to make an actual difference or in the very least to make it a long-term sustainable change. You are ill-equipped. And I want to be, I'm not the only one, I'm sure, but I'm the, I'm the philosophy of health person sitting in the back going, yeah, you're, you're learning a lot about vitamin B6, but don't forget why. Don't forget why you want to learn about vitamin B6. Don't forget why I'm over here. So I hope that you join me each week because I think that this is a good context of living, which is to say all the information out there is amazing. Keep it in context. Keep it in context. Keep it in context. The context, your life as a whole, the life you want to live, your happiness, your health, your vibrancy, your energy. That's the context within which this knowledge lives. And it really does live, but in this knowledge, it really does live here in your life. It's just that it's an awareness issue because I I do think it's just... It just exists in you wanting to be happy, but if you're not aware enough of the fact that you're doing this because you want to be happy, then you get lost in the how-to. You get lost in the weight loss and the diets and the everything else I talk about every week. So it, this is one voice among many. I understand that, and, I'm th- and I thank you to everybody coming here um, who, who gives us a shot every week or, or, or you know puts this in context, but I don't want to be... I don't want to ever say that this is like this is the this is the only podcast you need. There's I listen to other stuff and a ton of other stuff and I'm listening to incredible knowledge and research, but I got to tell you like my own practice is to always remember first and foremost is my own happiness first and foremost. And if any at any time those things get in the way and muddle my brain such that I cannot eke out the day-to-day living with my family and friends and job, then that stuff goes bye-bye very quickly. Like for real. And a lot of times I'm listening to that stuff because of my job. I mean, I want to know that stuff. I want to be in on, you know, that's cool stuff, right? Um, like the intermittent fasting I'm doing, like the cold therapy I've been doing for over a year, like the ultra marathon, and like all these things that are fun and the music even. But And so I want to be doing all those things and, and it's incredible. I am preparing my brain, that is, because, you know, small steppers, that's what we do. We, 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 we set the stage before we act. Um, I'm preparing my brain for a four-day water fast. That's what I'm going to do uh, coming up soon. I've had to. I'm sort of planted the seed with Jeff Stanford because he'll have to take over a little bit of the things that I do for him because I work for him for crying out loud. So I'm like, hey, you employ me. Can you do more stuff so that I can do less stuff? I think that's a pretty sound employee ethic, don't you? I mean, I would hire me if I were an employer. I'd be like that guy. Would, he if I hire him, he'll ask me to do more stuff. Why wouldn't I want to hire him? I think that's fantastic. Mm. Ice water. Very un-European ice water. Um, so I'm, I guess I'm feeling a little un-European today. Un-European, except for the Brits. I, st- I love the Brits. I love the Brits. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, look, there has been... I'm guilty of this thing. I can't... You know, my 100th episode, 
my 150 episode, my 200th episode. It's sort of, you know, and, I, and I'm very honest about it. Like it's made up. It's, it's, a, it's a human construct. I'm like 200 is a nice even number. I think the title of my 200th episode was like 200, a nice even number. Like it's all made up. So here's one more made up thing, but it's just kind of cool. You don't need to do anything like email me. It's just, it's just, I like celebrating the number of episodes for whatever reason. But today, September 11th, which if you're in the United States and probably most of the world, that date is familiar to you. Um, because of the you know the the attack that happened in the United States uh, on September 11th, coincidentally four years ago, um, and it was coincidentally on September 11th I recorded my first podcast. So it, it is this weird thing where I'm I and I didn't even think about it, but I was Jeff had the news on in his office, and I was like, oh, Sept- oh, Sept- that's right, September 11th, and they're having the things, and I go, wait, that's my four year anniversary. So just kind of weird. Uh, again, not going to go into it. I already did it on the 200th episode. It's no big. It's not really that big of a deal, but it's just four years. It's, it's, it's not insignificant that I've done this every week for four years without fail, right? I guess. Ah, who knows? Anyway, for those of you who have been around for a while or not so long, I, thanks to everybody. I mean, everybody's, I just, it's, I'm blown away. Like I said last week, this is a kind of a cool community of people in my most recent YouTube video. Uh, you know, I highlighted this point, which I, I it blows my mind. And, and the v- video is called Asking the Right Questions. Um, and I'm just inspired by the questions I'm getting, frankly, in smallsteppers.com, but, but for four years now from people all over the world. And the questions aren't the ones I feared, which is, you know, weight loss and the pounds and the scale weight and this and that, but they're the questions of thought and, and, and engagement and, and, and uh, meditation and just this kind of considerate consideration ethic, which is really hard to find and hard to get for ourselves because we're so busy. And if we're not busy, we're on our phones. And if we're not on our phones, we're watching, you know, a a movie or whatever else and, or on, you know, Facebook or whatever. And so it asking the right questions, but the, but the point that I wanted to make was of, I cannot define, and I think I mentioned this a little bit last week, but I cannot define the person that is asking these questions. There's no racial similarities. There's no economic level similarities. There's no religious similarities. There, there's only one through line. And that through line makes me have hope, especially on a day like September 11th. You know, this is a very, I will say this is a very hopeful and optimistic podcast. As much as I talk about the problems and struggles, I don't come here because I think they're not winnable. I come here Precisely because I do think they're winnable, um, and, and so. But what what is very inspiring is that the questions I'm getting aren't from a type of person at all. They're from humans, and the more we focus on that, and this is totally is about the me, not me game, right? This is about when we get to the me. There are so many more similarities than there are differences. I mean, by by exponential, expo freaking natural, natural, right? It's like. When we get to the nitty-gritty, we're all looking for the same kinds of, generally the same kinds of things. What defines us or the similarities, look, I'm not here to say we're all the same because I just said we're not all the same. But we share very similar things where we differ and where everyone goes like, nobody's like you. That's in the way we look and the way we, you know, the particulars of living in the world, like our personalities and what we do each day and our jobs. Those, of course, those are differentiating properties of course 
But what's interesting as a human species, I'm seeing it just so we're so freaking similar. I can't even tell you. We are so freaking similar. It's just, and 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 I, I find that to be so moving and inspiring, uh, to 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 see that because I go, okay, we're all in this together, you guys. We're all in this together, and it makes me think that if 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 life in general comes down to experiences, you know, if 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 we are defined in our own lives and in our own minds by the things that we did when we were alive, then in a very practical way and why I talk about small stepping, which is to enact things in the world. You know, when we have the ideas and the idea of who we are, and then we say, okay, now I need to act into the world. And then I say, okay, well, I hope that you give this program system rather a try. Um, then it's like, okay, now I'm doing this in, in the world. A lot of most steps are. Some steps can be thought steps. There's no doubt about that. But I'm saying, you know, exercise steps, diet steps. But, but on a very practical level, if life comes down to experiences, I was remembering the quote, and I wrote this to one of my um, clients that I worked with a few months ago. Um, and I can't remember who said it. And I may have even quoted it in the last 10 episodes. I have no idea. But the quote is, it's not the, the years in your life. It's the life in your years. And I think it was Mae West who might have said that. But anyway, if, if life comes down to, and somebody will correct me on that, so apologies. If life comes down to experiences, then being fit physically and mentally is essential. I mean, th- this is the reason why, again, I want to be the why going, hey, guys, back here, don't, don't forget, it's not about the, the six-pack abs. It's, not about, it's, it's about that you want to be happy, but physical fitness and mental fitness is absolutely essential if we are to agree that it is the experiences that we have that we can look back on at the end of our lives and go, I lived fully and I lived well. Then it would make total sense to me that we would want to do whatever we can to create sustainable, a sustainably healthy and vibrant existence to have more experiences. I mean, we're not virtual yet. I mean, you read the Ray, whatever his name is, Kurtzweil, talking about how we're going to be able to transfer our consciousness into a little chip and great, good job, Ray. I hope that that happens for you. I don't want, personally, I don't want, I don't want to experience things virtually. I like to, I like to think that I'm an animal that can kind of sort of do stuff in the world, but that's just me. I'm old school that way. Um, But right now, while we're living in these bodies, it makes sense that fitness, mental and physical, because they go hand in hand to me. It's fitness is fitness to me, um, is absolutely essential. Because it, 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 they are the tools that enable us to experience more. Is it that simple? Yeah, sorry, but it is. It's, it, it is really that simple. We can muddle it, the picture of health and happiness and all. The, we can get totally muddled and confused day to day. Or we can at least have moments where we remind ourselves, yeah, I'm eating well because I want to do more stuff. And also I'm eating well so that I can not eat well once in a while and it doesn't take me down and prevent me from doing stuff. Yeah, that's it. Dig? Okay. Um, dial back day. Is today I don't mention I haven't mentioned it in a while, but I'm still on it. Mondays I don't eat till dinner. It's what it is. Uh, this guy at work was like, "Well, God, I would just be like starving all day." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you wouldn't be. Your body would adjust." But don't you have low energy? I go, "No, actually, I've actually more energy because I'm not digesting all day, so I'm I'm like running on all cylinders. I'm not dieting. I'm not decreasing my calories significantly. I probably have a little bit, and I think given my the fact that I'm feeling better and have more energy means I was probably eating too many calories. Um, went for a run this morning and then jumped in the river. And that was, you know, I ran at nine. I'd had a glass of water before I ran. I ran and then got in the river. 
and then had a little bit of water throughout the day. And I had an espresso at like 11 a.m. That was my first non-water thing. And then the first bite of food I had was at five. And so, you know, that bucks the idea like once you run within the first 45 minutes, you have to have a thing that's a quarter protein and most of that. And yet I'm feeling totally fine without it. Why? Because it's a really, when you look at it, a more natural model. We did not have access to food. And when we did, we worked for it. We moved our bodies to get it. It was fresh. It was a different ball game. Um, but oftentimes we went without food for meals all the time. And somehow we've evolved and, and survived as a species. How interesting when we put our bodies into, into little moments of struggle and, and discomfort, how our bodies respond with additional strength, just like in a weight, in a weight room. You know, what your body does when you lift weights is <clears throat> the muscles tear down. And your body says, oh, this is work we're having to do. So let me let me repair that and build muscle so that, guess what? This is not so hard next time. And again, the body's wired to minimize stress, to find balance. If you put it into some stressful situation, it will, your mind and body, work to minimize that stress if that stress is regular. So you go into the gym and you lift 50 pounds on a dumbbell and the body adjusts your muscles and tell you that 50 pounds is easy <clears throat> and, and it builds the muscle, 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 musculature and you get to that point where you're like, ah, easy. And then what do you do? You put more weight on it. <clears throat> and that's how you build muscle. You keep, you, you, you allow your body to respond and adjust and hit its, hit its nice little balance with that weight. And then boom, you put on more weight. And we're all trying to hack that ability and, and make the body with creatine and all the crazy stuff and supplements to make that body do it faster. But the fact of the matter is the body is still trying to minimize stress in that process. Same thing goes with exercise and everything else that we do. We're trying to minimize that. My day, my dial back day is just simply uh, putting myself into a little bits of this kind of thing of missing meals and allowing my body to do its work to to be stronger, to handle those things. And and, and in doing so, I'm, I'm more liberated I love when I travel now because I used to go like packing the snacks and packing the this and I walk out the door and I go, if I find food, great. If I don't, I'll, I'm fine until dinner. Like I can, I'm totally fine. I mean, in many ways, even the way I run, like I get, I sleep in underwear and a t-shirt. I get up, I put, I put shorts on and I go out the door in my sandals and I, I drink a glass of water on the way out. Like I, what I used to do five years ago was like a 30, I used to get up 30, 40 minutes before I had to leave the house to go run with Sid and Bree to pack my thing and to put the powder in the thing and, da, 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 and the bars and the gels and the this and that. And I go, went, did a 7.3 milder with Sid. I drank a glass of water beforehand, didn't bring anything on it. And we ran for, you know, an hour and a half or hour, 40 minutes, came back to the car and drank, drank some water and that was left in the jar and went home. I mean, just like and didn't eat for another two hours afterwards, felt fine, recovered fine, jumped in the cold shower, felt fantastic. Um, is there a reason for that for me? Yeah, a very real reason, which is that I have other things to do besides run, and I like that it's simplified my life such that I spend less time doing that thing that I love also, which is running and especially being with Sid and Bree and hanging out with my buddies. Um, it allows me to do that and things like write my book and, and manage my company and work obviously at the Stanford Inn, which is my, you know, I run their wellness center and I'm... I, I own the stand. Like in my brain, I always tell Jeff, like I'm I'm all I'm a co-owner. I'm not actually a co-owner, but in my brain, I'm a co-owner, and they know that. They know that I take the Stanford in, probably not as seriously as they do because they've owned it for 37 years and and, and are invested on that level. But I am invested on a, at least in my mind a similar level, which is that I take those things very to heart, and I love that place. And so, those are things that I want to spend my time and energy with. 
And so minimizing my food most of the time and minimizing the time I spend on exercise most of the time allows me to do those other things. It's very real. And it's a very uh, good thing, I think, to consider those things in your own lives and say, is are there any ways to 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 simplify one of the exercises in smallsteppers.com is to imagine i've talked about on the podcast too is to imagine a life without food and, and anything to drink like nothing not even for entertainment and and first of all is to assess um how much time you do spend currently and money thinking about all the shopping and all these kinds of things and then um and then assessing what you would do without that time usually it's one to three hours a day that are free now and the idea is that that you can't go that far but you can minimize and simplify most days you can grab a bunch of bananas and get in the car instead of spending 35 minutes in the house in the morning and with that 35 minutes that you would have spent making whatever you're making for breakfast uh, you can start a book that you wanted to write. You can practice guitar. You can write friend, a letter to a friend, like a letter on paper and stuff. You can read something enjoyable. You can listen to music. I mean, you can go for a run or a walk. I mean, all these incredible things that you can free up when you realize, I don't have to spend this much time on food every day, just some days. Um, yeah, so one other thing I want to make, a point that I want to make before I get into the subject of this week's podcast is about integrated exercise. If you're just joining me, integrated exercise, again, we partition our exercise as a species. We're the only species that does that. We say, okay, I'm going to exercise from this time to this time. I'm going to meditate from this time to this time. Every other wild animal is like, yeah, I'm just going to move when I move, and I'll just kind of be here present. Um, but we complicate, and there's a necessity for that. I have a job, so I can't exercise you know, during my work. But wait a second, as a small stepper, I freaking can and that's when I concocted integrated exercise, which is in addition to my run this morning, throughout the day today, my alarm on my phone would go off. I have it set, and it would say move. So today I did squats. I did push-ups. I ran stairs. And what I realized, and just, just, and I mean seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, tops, tops. When I do 10 push-ups, it's 15 seconds tops. I mean tops. So you're talking to me, but I exercised throughout the day. And it's on my radar now. And so what I was thinking about, is that, is that one of the added bonuses of this is that often before I did integrated exercise, I would run the stairs. Uh, you know, I just kind of like, I'd be at work and I'd be like, oh, just run, run up the stairs. The difference is, is that now it's on my radar as something that I do. And guess what? I'm, I'm giving myself credit for it. Isn't that a funny thing? Because before you would have said, oh, did you exercise today? And if I hadn't run in the morning, I would say, no, I did not exercise today. Even though I ran the stairs. But that's not exercise. In my mind, it wasn't, right? And a, and a few weeks ago, I drove down to um, Santa Rosa. It's a town about two hours away, which is like the nearest. I'm, I'm pretty remote in Mendocino. So when when uh, Jeff and Joan were out of town in, in Canada over the, over the summer, and so um, I had to head down to Santa Rosa to get some things for the inn. It's just kind of what we do. And one of the things we had to get was this big jug of these tablet things that they put in the, the jacuzzi or pool. I don't know. But it's this huge bucket that I had to pick up for the inn. And it was a good 80 pounds, 80, 90 pounds, I'm thinking, um, at least. Like it was like a big bag of concrete, like it was that heavy. And so I, I took, bought it and then I was walking out and I just had this moment where I was like, I'm gonna run to the car carrying this thing. And I was going to the car anyway, it was an extra distance, but I just kind of did a little, a little hoppity hop, you know, like I just kind of jogged out to the car carrying this 80 pound thing. Did it take more than 45 seconds? Probably not. Um, but I gave myself credit for it. And it's this thing of like, you know, I, I just took a moment to, to go like, yeah, just moved, had a moment, could, did it, took it. And 
some of these things are things I did before but didn't give myself credit. So my thing is like, why not? If you're doing it anyway, you're running the stairs, you take the stairs because you didn't get on the elevator and, and you missed the elevator or you purposefully say like, I'm just going to walk the stairs or I'm at the airport. And I don't do, I, I usually bypass the escalator and walk the stairs unless I just have a ton of bags or something. Um, and, and now I just give myself credit. I'm like, yeah, good. Good on me for exercising. So how cool to do things where we like give ourselves credit for things that we were doing maybe anyway, but, but, but in our minds, we still had this moment like, oh, I didn't exercise. I feel so bad. I really need to exercise. But then when we actually are aware of it, we go like, well, yeah, but I moved my body throughout the day. Like I was actually very mobile, but somehow it wasn't exercise. And so I don't get credit for it. And I feel bad about myself. And that's literally happened with clients before where I'm like, uh, did you exercise? No. I go, you didn't move your body? Well, I mean, I went for a you know 20 minute walk. I mean, that's literally happened where I'm like, what the, on what planet, but how sad that is. Like, it made sense to me, right? Because we have this idea of, they had this idea of what their version of exercise was. And they're not even getting themselves credit for the fact that they, they exercised. Factually, they did. So all the better to give yourself credit and be, feel good about that in the, in the moment, right? That's the difference between the you and the not you. The not you goes, oh, you're crappy. Well, you're so lazy you didn't exercise today. The you goes, yes, I did. I freaking did. And the you is right, by the way. The not you is actually wrong. Like, actually wrong. So you won that round. Ice water. Mm. It's very refreshing. I don't know if it's going to stick. I'm just saying ice water. You know, it's like, who who knew? Um, it's revolutionary. I, I mean, I really think that I'm onto something here. If you're just joining me, uh, help. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, does he really think that he did something special by pouring himself ice water? Like, is that, he's, is he kidding? Because that's, I mean, we, everybody does that, but just not Europeans. And that's all I'm saying is just not Europeans. Okay. The subject of this week's podcast, you guys. All right. Lest you, you know, thanks for being patient. Uh, give up and give in. Okay. Episode 208. I'm ready to just throw in the towel on this podcast. Okay. Surprise for your anniversary. This is my last episode. I'm giving up and I'm giving in. Okay? No. You guys, did you think I was serious? How many people crashed their car? Show of hands. How many people ran the car off the road just now? Show of hands. Damn it. I forgot that you, I can't see you. Ah, so frustrating. Um, giving up and giving in. I always talk about struggle. I always talk about discomfort. Why? Because I think it takes more than one episode to convince you guys of this reality and to, to hopefully instill in you an ethic that is not an escapist ethic, but an engagement ethic, not a, I got to never struggle. I got to try to escape struggle and discomfort. And one of like, I got to chase struggle and discomfort. That, that's not a joke. So I'm, I'm hoping to inspire and, and, and instill in you each week and, and, and be a reminder each week to say, da, da, don't try to hack that. Don't try to cheat this process, friend of mine, driving the pacer. And it, it was an okay, it was kind of an interesting car when it was released, but let's face it, it was a failure. It's okay. We, we fail when we don't try. Somebody at AMC said the pacer, that's the thing, that's the ticket. And they were, they were horribly, horribly wrong. But lest we, lest, lest we not forget that when we surrender, and this is the giving up and the giving in model, and this is what I was thinking about this week, I was like, how powerful it is when we actually come to the reality and the realization in our lives that, that when we sort of give up and give in, how we can then renew. And, and 
this this amazing transformation in our own minds long before, by the way, we do anything in the world, this, this in our minds. The reality when we surrender to the reality of the quote struggle, the capital royal, the royal struggle, when we surrender to the reality of the struggle that is life, not just the struggle associated with losing weight or this and that, but the struggle that is associated with life. Uh, frankly, like the religions that go um, try to get out of the thing of pain and suffering to to to, the, to get out of that cycle. I'm like, fine, go for that. But how about if you can learn how to be aware and in it at the same time that that is what comes and that with a little perspective, you realize you can get through these things and be a stronger person for that. But when we surrender to the reality of the struggle, we this is the, the thing that I wanted to point out this week is we minimize the struggle. In the moment that we say, fine, there's struggle. I'm not going to try to escape it. I'm not going to try to avoid it. I'm not going to try to compartmentalize the things I know about myself but I don't want to deal with because it's too uncomfortable. Fine. We have just then in that moment minimized the struggle because what happens is we are causing ourselves additional struggle to the struggle that's already inherent in life, human life, especially in the modern world for the, for the love of God. It's already struggle. But we're adding additional stress when we fight that fact. So there's the struggle of life, and then there's the additional struggle, which is trying to avoid the struggle of life. That's double duty. We are stressed all the time, and then stressed because we try to avoid the stress. Now, if we try to avoid the stress by just physically like keeping ourselves away from the world and outside of the world, and, and that's horrible. What a horrible existence for a tribal species to just be isolated and secluded. But then also we cause additional stress if we go like, okay, well, no, I'm not going to isolate and seclude myself, but I'm going to live in the world. But boy, when that stress comes, I'm going to offset that with light box food and drugs and alcohol. Again, additional stress. When we give up that knowledge, when we give up that idea, when we give in to the reality and the acceptance of that reality, we are in that moment, ironically, minimizing that struggle, this struggle that we are so, so geared to get on top of and avoid and minimize. We are actually, actually minimizing it when we just uh, uh, say, okay, fine, fine, fine. And I think I said, I can't remember if I said it last week or two weeks ago or three weeks, it doesn't matter. But the best clients, the people that buy into what I'm teaching the most, take it to most hard, are the people that have been through that whatever that number of quick fixes are that made them finally go fine because what they're doing there is they're giving up this idea that the quick fix is going to deliver them the life they want to live with minimal work and they're giving in to the reality that it takes work and struggle and that's what actually makes you happy is that as that you're accomplishing a life you want to live within that model and i wanted to take a little side I'm going to change lanes for a second, but it is related, and that is that 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 the that the the idea of results has come up, and and again, I, I didn't even do like the announcements today, so I'm sorry, but like smallsteppers.com is happening. You guys are signing up, so thank you for doing that. It's a 12 week program. It's incredible. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I'm super moved. The video that I did on YouTube was related to what I'm getting from that program: daily emails, weekly videos weekly live Q&As and I I was uh, that's the best choice I ever made was weekly because 
this is such a, I mean, health made simple, which I do with Matt Frazier, nomeatathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system, which is a meal plan is incredible too, but we do monthly live Q and A's, which is appropriate for a meal plan. But small steppers is such a, an intense, because the meal plan is like yearly. You like you sign up for a year and it takes at least that time to sort of transition. But the small steppers is learning my system within 12 weeks so that then you can then take it and apply it to however you want to apply it. But boy, are there questions every week. I mean, massive and the best questions ever. Couldn't have, in, couldn't, couldn't have hoped for better questions. Um, and so, but, but one of the things that comes up is this idea of results and it, and it's, and it's in that process. And also, of course, I've you know, dealt with it in the podcast and my YouTube channel for that matter, is we either have to stop thinking about results. And again, this is the idea of giving up, like giving up these preconceived notions that I talk about all the time, like the idea of exercise and the idea of healthy eating and the idea of meditation and giving these ideas up, just straight up, regardless of our opinions about those ideas. Like, well, but yeah, but I mean, I read a study that exercise is 20 minutes of Zone two, heart rate, you know, exercise, blah, 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 giving it up. And here's why. Saying, okay, I'm just going to let, I'm going to give in to not being, to being okay with not knowing those things. Then we start from this, and not all at once, but then we start from this nice little baseline where we, we, because we have to understand that a lot of these preconceived notions of exercise, diet, and, and everything else, uh, even our preconceived notions of what results are, and this is what got me started, stop us short. I mean, we if we define exercise a certain way, that can stop us because we go like, I don't want to take on you know a gym 45 minutes because that's in my brain how I define exercise. But what also stops us is that we have an idea of what results themselves are. And results are a scale weight. Results are a six-pack ab. Results are you know it, that I can clear my brain, my mind chatter for five minutes or whatever the heck, right? A heck, there I go. I'm cussing all over the place. I'm like Randy the Mechanic in this episode. It's crazy. But if we redefine what results themselves are, or at least give up our ideas of what results are, just in this exercise, mental exercise, we are no longer stopped short, by the way, but we all then can now define for ourselves what these things mean for us. Exercise may be just moving my body. It may eventually be 20 minutes at a zone two heart rate, but that's down the line. But really what I'm looking for is moving my body. Eating well is maybe a certain kind of diet or a label down the line, but eating healthy is bringing in the things that I probably already know are generally healthier than the other things and stepping in in that way, but also results too. That the questioning of the idea of results is, is part and parcel to the ability that we have to be successful in our world, which is and this was the thing, again, why I come every week to the smallsteppers.com to the live Q&As because I have to pull the reins in on everybody and go, whoa, 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 wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before you're, you're not there yet. You're talking, you know, uh, a food step and you're not at a food step yet because the results you want, you think are, if I eat this way, then I get this result. And I'm saying a result also is if you think about your life differently tomorrow because of something that you did today that has nothing to do with how you eat, that's a result, period. Again, when we step into the mix and say, I've heard all these things and all these amazing people talk about all these things and I've sort of got ideas based on them, but but when I jump in the mix and say, okay, given all that information, how am I going to define things for me that make sense to me? 
then two things happen. One is we are more able to stick with things long-term because we redefine. And secondly, we get the strength of being part of our own process and being actors in our own directors, really, in our own movie. It's the act. And I want to be clear that when we define things for ourselves, they may be what they were. They may be the same definition as what they were, but instead of us being in this passive, like, I was told this, and so that's the that's this thing, then all of a sudden we go, okay, I'm going to give that up. Okay, now I'm going to define it. Well, actually, you know, that makes sense. Now that I'm de- I'm defining it, I, I realize that that is that thing. It is like that. But what's the difference? Is that now we're engaged in that process. We're the ones that said, I'm an adult here now. Enough of what you told me to do when I was 12. Enough of what you told me was healthy eating when I was 24. Now I'm diving in, peeling it all away, giving up on those ideas for this moment, giving into the process of of the struggle of defining these things for ourselves. And now I look at them and go, yeah, that one's pretty similar to what it was. That's not. That's a different definition for me. But now I'm in charge. Now I'm creating my life all of a sudden, and I wasn't before. We give up the old, we define, we move on regardless of whether which new definitions are the same as the old ones or not. We get into the mix of our own lives. We give up the old. We redefine, make sense, create the terms, create our ideal life, and then we act. Regardless of, again, like that first task, I always tell people, write your ideal life. But I want people to make sure that they understand that things that they write in their first task as if they're happening now could be things that they're already doing. It's it, it, it There's this assumption that like, oh, it's going to be completely different than, I mean, my marriage would be in my, I have a great marriage. Is it, do we fight? Yeah, of course. Like I, I, I have, I'm a, an adult now. Like I'm not going to, maybe when I was 18, I'd be like, my perfect marriage is one where we agree on everything and we never fight and we just gaze at every, into each other's eyes a hundred percent of the time. Now as an adult, I'm like, there's struggle with marriage. There's struggle. My ideal marriage is one where we bust through that on a daily basis, where we succeed in spite of that because we earn it. And you know, the, the MDTs that I'm talking about, minim, minimized daily tests. These, these small steps, the very nature of them is to, is to bring, our, bring ourselves into ourselves day to day. Little test, here I am. Well, that's a marriage, day to day. It's, it's, it's a struggle day to day. I gave up in this idea of whatever that was and defined, redefined it as an adult, and therefore I have a successful marriage. But not because it's, I don't even, I, you know, it's such a weird, in a way, like to me, it's like an immature thing to go like, uh, if I ever hear couples go, we never fight. I always, I've said this before. I'm like, always like, uh oh, uh oh. Because how can you craft a successful relationship in, especially in this modern world where we're both separately stressed by the same crazy, craziness, nutty nuts, not nutty nut nut, but the nutty nut nature of the world that then we come in and relate to each other? How is this, how is, how is it possible that our own personal struggles aren't going to get in the, in the process of our marriage? Not, it's not possible. Because we're Lisa and I independently are dealing with our own stresses and our own our own ability to handle our own stress, which means that because neither she nor I are perfect in whatever that means, but because she and I are humans and stressed and involved in our own struggles and trying to eke out our own individual lives, that is only begs the conclusion that when we relate to each other, those struggles are going to color our relationship. That is its own animal also and has its own struggles inherent in it. And that goes for every relationship that we have. 
And so when we redefine the concept of results themselves, we then say, okay, well, what is a result? Is a result never fighting or is a result learning how to apologize? Is a result being more present with the other person? Is a result thinking about our own lives individually better? Is our result knowing that the chatter in my brain that has the same voice as I do isn't me? That's a massive result. It's a massive result as massive as six-pack abs will ever be bigger in my opinion because it is so much about the entirety of us and the human experience which is how we think i just i just think that not enough attention is given to our thoughts i i i really just if i had to summarize the reason why i do all the things that i do it's because and even with my new book is that I think not enough attention is given to the way that we think, to the to the internal dialogue. It's that we just we're just so ready to distract with technology and distract with quick fixes and distract with you know studies and research and knowledge. And and again, I want to be clear, they're great, they're necessary, hundred percent. I just don't think enough attention. I think too much attention is given to those things. That's all. We got to spread out a little bit and have always have this context of our lives. First and foremost, before we dive into that other stuff, so I'm, I'm repeating myself in this episode, but that's what that is. And that goes for the way that we define the things in our lives that make us happy. And also, like I said, with the integrated exercise, giving ourselves credit. Well, when we redefine results for ourselves, all of a sudden we get credit. We get give ourselves credit for things that we're doing because we give ourselves credit for the way that we're thinking. But if we think a result has to be a scale weight, then we won't even... We won't even give ourselves credit for walking away from a candy bowl and we only took four pieces of candy instead of 20 that we did last week because we're more aware in the moment. We go like, you know what? I just can't have a few and I'm going to walk away from that. And we don't give ourselves credit for how massive that is because when we go home and weigh ourselves, we're the same weight because the difference in candy wasn't substantial enough for us to lose 50 pounds in one day. And we go, see, I can't lose weight. God, I'm just an idiot. I can't. I have no self-control. But we don't give ourselves credit. And we don't say like, what a result that is. Amazing. Incredible. Huge. Strength. Force. All that great stuff. Okay, before I move on, because I realize I kind of like didn't pay attention to the announcements and I have to actually make one for real announcement, okay? Mm. SidGarzaHillman.com is my website. That's not the announcement. My new book is Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. But that's not even the announcement. Right now it is for pre-order. Today it is September 11th, as I said. It hits the shelves physically and virtually on September 19th. Maybe a couple of days early on Amazon, I don't know. If you pre-order, and I'm going to send out a mass email tomorrow morning, so if you're on my mailing list, you will have probably already gotten this by the time you hear this podcast. But I'm sending out a mass email. If you pre-order the book and email podcast at sidgarzahillman.com, that's podcast at sidgarzahillman.com, email me proof of your pre-order. I've already gotten a few because I sort of cursorily mentioned this last week and, and, and a few came in already, which is very cool. Pre-order it. I'm trying to, I'll be frank, transparent. If you're going to order it anyway, or you order it for a friend who has kids or is thinking about having a family, like it is a great, in my opinion, fam, healthy families book. It is a, about philosophy and this kind of thinking, all these kinds of things. If you pre-order it and email me proof of purchase, just forward me the receipt or whatever, um, I will send you back a link to an exclusive 
cool video that I did, video interview on video that I did with Matt Frazier about healthy families and this whole thing is not releasing it anywhere else. It is only for people who have pre-ordered this book and sent me the, the, you will not see it hit YouTube. You will not see it on my website. It is only for people who have pre-ordered this book. Okay. So podcast at Sid Garza Hillman, just forward me a receipt that says, Hey, I bought it on Barnes and Noble or Powell's or whatever. There's links on my website to where the book is sold. You click on them, buy the book, pre-order it, send me the proof, and I send you the, the thing, right? Okay, and you're going to get an email tomorrow if you're already on my mailing list. You should be on my mailing list. You get a free chapter of my first book by joining on my mailing list, and I barely send out stuff. I send a weekly reminder of the podcast, and that's basically it once in a while. I did a thing on Health Made Simple, and I did a thing on smallsteppers.com, but like months. I don't send stuff out even every month, not even close. Okay. Sorry, I had to take a, I was, I looked at my notes and I was like, oh my God, I like skated through. And I'm also, by the way, leaving in a few days for Los Angeles. I'll be there September 16th and 17th. And then I'll be in um, San Francisco on October 1st, Portland, October 14th and 15th, Costa Mesa, October 28th and 29th, Tampa Bay, Florida on November 4th and Sedona, Arizona, January 20th and 21st. Links to those speaking engagements are in the show notes, but also at SidGarzaHillman.com. My wife, uh, thank goodness for her, because um, she's a graphic designer, and I'm, she's like, have you put your events on your website? And I was like, no. And she's like, okay, I'll let me do it, because <laughs> I'm just so bad at that stuff. So anyways, now on the website too, SidGarzaHillman.com. Okay, good. Um, so back to, back to this business um, of the giving up and giving in. Um, we... Even, even in, I was thinking even in the context of losing weight, giving up this idea of losing weight. And this is a major one because a lot, so many people in today's world, just it's the reality of the junk food, light box food world and how it's cheaper and more accessible. And, and we think we eat, I'm eating a ton of vegetables, but calorically we're still not. And, and I talked about caloric concentration, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 episodes ago, but I did a video on my YouTube channel about it. That we, we, we think we have these ideas, again, giving up these ideas, but we have these ideas of, I eat a ton of fruit, but if you actually look at, calor- at it calorically, which is the only relevant way to look at food, not by how it looks on the plate, but the calories, we may not be eating that much fruit. We may not be eating that much vegetables. On our, on our plate, we have a big pile of lettuce. That could be five calories, not even a joke. And then you have a piece of chicken next to it that's 400 calories, 500 calories, or you have... Uh, a piece of cheese, which could be a thousand calories if it's decent, or you have pasta with a cheese sauce on it, and we think well, I'm eating because I have a big pile of green beans. Then uh, you know, then I'm eating a ton of vegetables. Why can't I lose weight? Well, because overwhelmingly the oil that you put in your pasta and then the cheese sauce is exponentially more calories. But that's sort of an aside. The idea of giving up the idea of well, giving up the idea of losing weight. My point is, is that in today's world, the way that we have fashioned our food and, and restaurants and everything else is we do have a weight problem. There's no doubt about that. We are holding on to extra weight. I see it as stress. I don't care about calories. I see it as stress. I don't go, how many calories are you eating? I see I see it as are the quality, what is the quality of food? As you get higher quality food, you will naturally eat less calories in a given meal because you're eating things that have more things and fiber and water in them. Whatever. I keep getting sidetracked with caloric concentration. Just go watch the freaking video, will ya? But when we give up the idea of losing weight, and I use it as an example because, again, we're in this, mo- in this moment in time, and give into the process of becoming healthier, we succeed. So, again, here's this perfect example. Give up the idea of losing weight. Now, this is so hard for people because they can conceptually go like, okay, I'm going to try Sid's small steps approach. I'm going to listen to it as a podcast. I'm going to join smallsteppers.com, and I'm going to try this small steps approach 
But in the back of our minds, the thing that we've wanted, and we have to understand, we don't just want these things for the last five seconds. We've wanted these things maybe for 20 years. And we, we think that the result is when I'm at a healthy weight or I'm at a scale weight, but not even healthy weight. I'm at a scale weight. That's our result. And not only that, we have this obsession almost with like, if I can just lose weight, that's the ticket. It is easier said than done to say, just give up that idea. But this process allows you to let that go and give in to what? The process of becoming healthier, which I believe is actually what you are looking for, which is, again, to be fit in your mind and body to be, enable you to do experiences. I always say, the, and when I do nutrition classes at the Stanford Inn, I always go, I'm not going to tell you what to do to make yourself happy. You might play tennis and you might travel and you might hike and you might fly a, a, a airplane. But I will tell you that when you treat yourself better, you can do more stuff. That's a fact. You can fly your airplane for longer in your life. You can hike for many more miles and you can do play tennis for crying out loud. Whatever that is for you, you will enjoy it more if you create a most of the time that allows you to do those things. And part and parcel to that process is giving up these ideas that are so limited in their scope. Losing weight is such a limited scope idea. It's just, it's a, it's so narrow minded in a way. And when we broaden out and say, well, really what I'm looking for is becoming healthier, then over time we can give up the idea of losing weight. And the irony of ironies is that we will be more effective in losing weight. It will be easier for us. Why? Because as I started this discussion a few minutes ago, we actually minimize our own stress when we give up these things. When we focus on losing weight, we are oftentimes stressed because it doesn't happen fast enough or it comes back when we lost it, but then it comes back. That's the yo, And then we're stressed. And then we just do not succeed. When we can get to the point where we give up the idea of it and give in to the struggle that is learning how to treat yourself well in mind and body, then ironically, we lose weight faster and we become healthier faster and, we, and it sticks. The me, not me game, of course, is crucial in this regard because we, the weight loss pull often is because of the mar- marketplace. The, the, the weight loss pull is the before and after shot that we are totally like, you know, drawn to all the time. And so giving up this concept is massive. And, and knowing that even though we hear that in our voice, yeah, but I really want to lose weight to try to, to not to try to make that be quiet, but to say, okay, there's that thing again. It's not me. I've give, I'm giving up that. That's a weird thing. It's very hard for people, and I'm not saying it's easy, to say, that's not me, but I still hear it, and I'm going to hear it again. We have to be diligent and and try this practice, which is that it's going to come up again. Just because one time we say, that's not me, I don't care about losing weight, I want to become healthier, and I know that the side effect of that will be me at a healthy weight, doesn't mean that voice isn't going to come back. It's going to come back, most most likely, because it's been years in the making. It's been hanging around for a year. It's taken, it's, it's taken up space in your brain. It doesn't want to give it up. It doesn't want to give it up. It's going to build a nice little house in there, has a nice yard, a swing set maybe, an outdoor fireplace. And it's like, I'm not moving. I've been here longer than you have. Well, you were like hidden. I pushed you down for so long that now you're coming out. You don't get to live in my house. You don't get to even come in my yard. I have a fence and you're not allowed in. And we got to just keep knocking on that door all the time. And one of the things I was thinking about if, just in terms of my own, you know, existence here is I, you know, if you guys see in the video, like I'm 40 years old, I have a flat stomach. Okay. I, I, again, the stomach thing is like when I see somebody with extra weight on their midsection, it's a stress thing. And, and it physically, it is a stress thing. It's documented. I didn't make it up. It's a stress response of your body. I have a flat stomach, but I will tell you, I do not have six pack abs. Okay. Um, I don't have six pack abs. Now, have I considered like... D- 
is there a part of me that goes like, that'd be kind of cool. Like, it'd be kind of cool to like have six pack abs and like walk around and be like, look at my six pack abs, you know, count them one, two, that's the second ab. And there's the third. I don't know. I'm making that up because I have no idea what people with six pack abs say. I, I literally have no idea. I'm assuming they do something like that. But it's gotta be great because people work really hard to have six pack abs. It's gotta be fantastic. I can only surmise that they're walking around like, look at my six pack abs. There's six of them. Um, but when I have this thing of like looking down and going, man, it'd be kind of cool to have like a rack, you know, um, very quickly because of the practice I've been in for over 10 years, the truth comes up, which is that I go, yeah, that'd be great, but I don't want to do what it takes to get that thing. I, frankly, I just don't want to, not that I can't. I mean, I've run a 50 mile race. If I wanted six pack abs, I could, I know how to do that. I have the knowledge of how to do that, but I don't want to do it. Because I know what it would take and I know what I would have to give up to get that thing. Again, I'm giving, I give it up. It comes up, but I give it up. I'm giving it up. I have given it up. It comes up and I realize, hey, this isn't on me. No, that's just me now. Maybe, and I'm open to this possibility, in a year, I might go, you know what? I'm actually going to like do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get six-pack abs. I mean, I don't know. A year ago, I would never have done a four-day water fast, but I'm planning on that. I have no idea what's going to happen. Right now, I know what it would take to do that, and it doesn't fit into my life. That means I don't do smallsteppers.com. That means I stop running for the most part. That means I spend less time with family because I know what it would take. It would take time in the gym and it would take a lot of mental attention more than even the physical attention. It would take more mental attention. And this thinking that I have, this momentary where I hear that and then quickly go more quickly than ever, yeah, I know what it would take and I totally don't want to do that. That has saved me a ton of hassle, a, a ton of mental energy. I, I mean, those are the one of many examples of why I am not bound up in that kind of thing that is then going to prevent me from writing a book or writing another song or spending time with my family or going to you know work at the inn. That has freed up this thing of feeling bad that I don't have a six-pack ab, understand, giving myself credit for having a flat stomach at 48 years old and being okay with it and, and, and having taken the time to build in a most of the time that allows me to feel the energy that I feel and, and not get sick ever and do these kinds of Things that I do, like going to Los Angeles and speaking at an event and having all these fun things. Six-pack abs, it, distraction. Don't care. Don't care. Still comes up, but I don't care. When we give up on the things that we're holding on to, including how we define ourselves, and give into the process of struggle and consideration and thought that is necessary to live the lives we live, we are renewed. We then renew. We renew. We become ourselves, but we have to give up to do that. And we have to give in to do that. I'll say it one more time. We have to give up on the things that we are holding on to and that seem so real and so concrete that we cannot believe they're not part of our lives. The idea of being thin and being 127 on the scale is so, so us. We, we can't even believe that there's a possibility of, it, of us separating from that until we think and give into the process that to understand the lives we want to live takes thought and attention. It does not take a guru telling us what to think and what to do. It takes us having to engage in our own lives and make definitions that work for us that we know can change, but that we have to initially dive into and establish. And then we, re we begin the process 
of renewal and living our lives on our terms. That's how it is. That's how I see how it is. We can cheat that. We can hack it. I will tell you my experience and all my work is dedicated to you not even looking for a hack, not even expending the mental energy to look for a hack. Use all that extra mental energy that you don't look for a hack and apply it to your life, and then you will see these results. Even the old type, the old school results, they come faster when you do. It's the weirdest thing, but it's true. Dig? All right, you guys. This ice water was fantastic. Are you kidding me? It might, this might be the new trend. Begin with scotch 207 episodes ago, finishing up with ice water for the next 3,000 episodes. All right, you guys, pre-order my book. Email me the receipt, podcast at sidgarsahillman.com, and I'll send you a link and a special password to the, uh, the, the thing with Matt Frazier, no media athlete, who wrote the forward to my book. Uh, and uh, yeah, but you can also just email podcast at sidgarsahillman.com any comments or questions or feedback? I love to hear the, how this process is working for you, and uh, it's always you know one of the things that keeps me coming here. You guys are great, and and I appreciate all of your support in however you express that support, whether it's ordering my books or ordering podcast merchandise on my website or donating to the podcast or leaving a positive review. It's all good, or just showing up here, man, every week and making the world better because you're more engaged in your life, and that affects me because that means one more person to live life on their terms, and that's a, a world full of those people. Now we're talking, right? All right. I'll be back next week for episode 209. In the meantime, you guys, be well. Shine, shine.
dropped my hands And I dropped everything Kept circling around you Kept kneeling beside you Sprinkle the rain to fade darkness ahead. This I can't chase from my head. The sound, the sunlight 